Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple-shot K-Cup with my guest, Alex Valetis. So, Alex, you graduated in December of 2016. Back in the fall of 2016, did you have any idea what you were going to do with your double major in computer science and economics? Yeah, it's it's an interesting sort of time in my life because I think coming into college, I really had no clue what I wanted to do. I was proficient in a number of subjects. There wasn't any that were like, oh, I'm awful at this. Like, I wasn't like awful at math. I wasn't like awful at writing. And that's not to like put myself up. It was more so that it was less clear what I should do. And I sort of kind of blindly followed this path of engineering. I was actually involved with like nuclear engineering at first, working for a company that my dad worked at. And I remember I took my first internship and I was like, I cannot do this for my life. This is not something that personally interests me. It's it's objectively cool, but it's not a fit. And so going into my junior year, I actually made this late change in majors from engineering to computer science and economics. And that was really done because of these side projects I was doing. Every time we spun something up, it was like software could help solve that. And I just wanted to get closer to it. So going into my sort of last semester, I had a number of internships under my belt. I had these what I'd call like kind of hot majors in the tech space and as well as the economics degree. However, I actually didn't have a full-time offer going into the final semester. And that caused a lot of anxiety for me because I didn't have the best GPA because I invested a lot of time into these side projects and internships and all that. And I also was like, I want to go into this field of product management. It's extremely competitive to get into. And so what I really did is I just got extremely focused. I said, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do everything in my power to land a role there. I honed in on two or three companies that I felt I had a chance of getting into that role. And Intuit happened to be one of the companies that recruits heavily from Wisconsin because Obviously, you know, Silicon Valley companies aren't always coming out to the Midwest, which I think is a shame because there's a lot of great talent out there. But fortunately for me, uh, Scott Cook, the founder of Intuit, his wife was alumni. They invested heavily in recruiting and I was able to make the right connection and and land a role. And it's been truly life changing so far. And I can't imagine not starting in this space, given how much I care about it. 
So you've alluded to this now, the fact that you didn't have a great GPA and you did manage to get your foot in the door at Intuit. You actually had, I think, four offers by the time you graduated. Is that right? Yeah, I was able to lock down four different ones, which I think it it was done in a very incremental way. But yeah, there were four on the table at the time, which didn't make the decision any easier, but it's a good problem to have. So I want to tee up a great story in your book, Modern College, in which you talk about the winter. It's probably almost always the winter at Wisconsin because it's so cold. It's the middle of a blizzard and you were leading... I think you were the president of a club and you had had an event. You had a program that was due at midnight in one of your classes. And there was a career fair that was taking place like a mile away on campus. And you're like, do I go? Do I not go? Ah, And you ended up deciding to go. And while you're running through the snow, I, I my heart breaks where you fell down, you hurt yourself. And so you kept powering through and you made it to the career fair. And why don't you pick up the story there and tell us what happened? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, to your point, I, I felt kind of dumb as I'm going into this. We we have this center. Uh, it's called the Cole Center. It's where a lot of sports teams play and they set up the career fair. And as I'm walking in there, I'm kind of soaking wet because I fell in the snow. I'm actually getting there for the last 10 minutes of the career fair. So most of the booths, they were already taken down. So like people have been there for hours. I've been to your point, uh, or what you referenced earlier, like at this meeting for this org that I was deeply involved in. So I'm in there and I was like, okay, I just want to talk to one company. I want to talk to Dell. I know they're in the tech space. If I can just get there and maybe get an intro, maybe something will happen. I don't know. So I'm walking up there. I I find the map and I'm like, okay, Dell's like, you know, on the other side. So I, I sprint over there and I kind of take like a minute to compose myself and I see kind of guy wrapping up with one person. And as the other person walks away, I walk up and I, I shake his hand and I'm sure I'm like sweaty and I was like mumbling my words because I'm, I'm so anxious. And initially it kind of goes nowhere. I'm like, oh, you know, like I'm a big fan of Dell and you can tell the guy is just completely exhausted. He's like, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go back to my hotel and get ready to fly back to Texas. And I actually like go to turn away and I'm like, well, crap, I'm going to fail my program because I went to this career fair. Um, I didn't get any offers. And I kind of just had this like moment of inspiration where I was like, I knew a friend on campus. His name was Brian. He had mentioned he'd worked at Dell. And I was like, I know personal connections mean a lot in the professional space. Like, I'm going to name drop him and just see what happens. So I actually turned back and I'm like, hey, random question. You by chance know Brian. And this guy had actually ended up working with him at the same time at Dell. And they were really good friends. And that immediately struck up a conversation. He was like, oh, you know, Brian, okay, let's get you on the interview docket. So I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is incredible. So I, I gave him my email. The next day, I got an email from a VP for a slot later in the week. And the rest is history. I got an internship at Dell, which helped launch my career. And it's just amazing to look back on. It would have been very easy for me to have just said... I don't want to go to this career fair. I need to focus on this school assignment. It's cold out. I don't want to go there. There's only five minutes. And it's often during these moments you least expect it that the biggest changes come in your life. So I'm really wow. glad I went back there. <laughs> I bet. And as you point out in your book, Modern College, the fact is you were involved not only in these other enterprises 
on campus, these different startups, but you were also a member of a fraternity. And this guy, Brian, was a frat brother of yours. And for our viewers and our listeners, you point out in your book, they need to be looking around at their classmates that they're meeting through all these different activities as the beginning of their professional network. Absolutely. And and it's funny because I actually wasn't super involved in my fraternity. I I think a lot of people these days, they go and do fraternities or sororities to meet people. And I didn't really have that issue because I went to college in the same state I had grown up in. So I entered campus with probably over like 100, if not 200 people where I, I could walk up and have a conversation with them and I knew them. But I was intrigued because one thing I saw was that these fraternities would attract a lot of people from the coast who basically didn't know anyone. And they were like, we want like a network. And I'm glad I did it because I met all these different people. And although I wasn't as involved in the process, and there's certainly plenty of scrutiny on the fraternity system, probably for good reason, it did introduce me to people and it, it taught me the power of a network. And so it was just another organization to meet people that had different interests in me or the same interests and could actually give me sort of an intro to a space. So whether you're in a fraternity or in academic org, I, I did all of them. And it's just some of the best networking you can possibly do in college. And what I love about your story, Alex, is that it's not like that recruiter was like, oh, you know, Brian, well, I'm going to give Brian a call and he and I can talk about you. He went from mm-hmm. like zero to 60. I was like, yeah. you know, Brian. Okay, well, forget about it. I don't I'm not even going to ask you what your GPA is. I'm not going to ask you what courses you've taken. I'm just going to put you on the fast track to connect with the VP who offers you a job. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, it, it definitely speaks to, I think, you know, the importance of connections in society. And it's funny, uh, Blake, Blake Roth is his name. Shout out, Blake. He ended up being a good friend of mine down at Dell too, when I interned there and someone I still would gladly pick up the phone for and help him in any way I could. But I think it speaks to this wider thing of the importance of networks. And one thing that I think has become apparent you know, especially in recent times is not everyone has access to these networks. Not everyone knows people in professional spaces. Not everyone is on these powerful platforms like LinkedIn. And one thing that I like that Jeff Wiener, our now former CEO of LinkedIn has really invested in is this idea of like the plus one pledge. And how do you take people with these connected networks and resources and reach out to people that are aren't in the network, right? Because this is the only way that you break, I think, some of these cycles in our society of basically people not being able to have opportunities. And if you're someone in that space, all they need is that one connection to enter. And so on the one hand, I always tell people, do as much work on your own to tap into these networks. But if you are someone in a position where you have a powerful network, you have opportunities, make sure to that you seek out people that don't have the opportunity and give them an intro. Because again, a lot of times it's who you know, and this isn't necessarily a bad thing until there's people not knowing anyone. And I think that's what we need to make sure we do is give everyone an equal chance at these networks. And then by all means, like once someone's in a network, judge them on their merit, judge them on their skill sets. But we need to make sure that we don't fundamentally block out people from these networks from having the opportunity. And I'm fortunate to work at a company like LinkedIn that I think puts a lot of emphasis on this. And it's not only a benefit to LinkedIn because it's how we grow, but I think it's how you build a stronger economy as well. 
Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org, or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.